everybody. So today on the podcast, we have Dr. Thomas O'Connor and Jody Engel. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing well. Doing very well. About to pull up here to work here shortly and hang out with you guys for a few. Perfect. So, uh, you know, we have had Doc on the podcast before. Um, Doc, I know you, you've worked with a ton of bodybuilders and it's, it's kind of your wheelhouse. And Jody, you and I connected, I don't know when it was now, maybe even a couple months ago, um, but when, yeah. you know, you had everything just starting and, you know, I thought it'd be good for you guys to connect, maybe get a different <laughs> perspective because the reality is there aren't that many doctors out there who work with bodybuilders. Um, and, and I've even seen like cardiologists who just seem ignorant on, on some of the topics. I've seen endocrinologists who say shockingly uninformed things. And, and so I thought this might be a good connection to make. And, uh, you know, Jody, a lot of people might already know your story, but maybe you can just give a brief recap of what happened. Yeah, I totally can. And then I can even touch on the topic of uh, cardiologists and other doctors not being well-versed and what, whatever could be going on. Um, <clears throat> well, it started... I competed in um, NPC Nationals, where I earned my pro card in November of 2020, and um, about four to six weeks before I ever made it to the show, um, I started popping fevers, um, just feeling overall bad, but any bodybuilder knows that when you're in prep, <laughs> you're, you're not going to feel great at the end of it. It's just kind of a, it's, it's known. So, I mean, I knew something felt off, but I just kept going because, I mean, I'd prep for 11 months due to COVID, canceling show after show. So, um, I got my kind of lead-in protocol for my diuretic use um, leading into the show, and it, it honestly, it worried me. It did, and I mean, I'm, I'm an extreme person, um, but I was nervous looking at it, um, but I, I did it because I'm a client that follows the plan. I don't detour from plan. That diuretic protocol, it, it was ramping up over the course of 10 days, starting with um, aldactone, 25 milligrams AM, PM. Um, the following day, it was like another 25 AM, PM, and then it ramped up to 50 AM, PM, and then it got as high as 100 milligrams of aldactone AM and PM. But then Nationals was a two-day show, and I got to Orlando Tuesday or Wednesday. And the night before pre-judging, so Thursday, the, really the day before pre-judging on Thursday, I led into the show drinking three gallons of water. I mean, still don't feel great, but you're a day out from a show. And my water was cut at like 2.30 or 3 p.m. completely said drink no more water unless instructed. I was checking in, God, after every meal. And it was like, oh no, this is working perfectly. Um, but, and then that night on top of the aldactone, the 100 a.m., 100 p.m., then we also threw on diazide. So I ended up taking one or two diazide. I can't remember exactly. I don't have my um, protocol right here in front of me. <laughs> I'm in my car at work, but... Um, so I took that, didn't sleep a wink. Um, I was internally on fire, but like I couldn't sweat. Um, I mean, in the moment, it seemed like a blessing because I didn't want to ruin my tan, right? But I was so hot and just, I mean, it felt like my skin was burning from the inside out. It was miserable. Um, so the next morning, I get up, 
and I'm cramping so bad. I'd started cramping in the middle of the night, low back pain, feet cramps. I was even cramping the day before um, and was told to go get taurine and take 2000 milligrams um, every two hours. So the cramps were so awful and I was voicing all of this to my coach and he's like, just keep taking taurine, like send me check-in pics now. And then at this time, and so we go and do the show and ended up center and it was great. I mean, of course, in those moments, you're just thrilled because you, you know, what's happening, but my finals weren't, and that was on Friday. I got off stage about 1040 AM and my coach was like, okay, drink eight ounces of water. And (laughs) little did I know, like, how small of an amount eight ounces is. It was like, take a shot of water, basically. So I I did, and I didn't feel any better, but just momentary satisfaction. And my finals didn't start until the following day um, at like 7.40 p.m. Cut water after prejudging at 10.38 on a Friday. I didn't drink water again until 8.30, 8.45 on Saturday. Um, in between those times, I obviously was eating, checking in, telling him I'm cramping. I don't feel like great, but I just thought that's what it took to go pro. And it's not, but um, obviously earned my pro card and I'm trying to remember the dates, but it was two to three weeks after I'd made it home back to Louisville and I'd start, well, I'd, I'd continued popping fevers and I kept getting quarantined from work because of COVID. They're like, oh, COVID test, COVID test. I never came back with COVID. Mm. Um, well, the the low back pain started, I mean, to the point, like at first, like day one, I was like, oh, this is weird. But I was training and <clears throat> everything else. Um, but the low back pain got so horrible. I, I couldn't stand. I couldn't lay. I couldn't sit. I mean, it hurt to breathe. Um, so I, I'm not one of those people that wants to alarm like my family or I don't, I don't freak people out. So I just asked my parents if they could, um, keep my kiddo for an evening. I was going to go to an immediate care center and get checked out. Um, well, I went to an emergency room and as soon as I walked in, they didn't even have me fill out paperwork. They just put me in a wheelchair and took me back. And they told me it's because of the, the jaundice colors under my eyes. And I just, I looked horrible. So they did all sorts of lab work and I came back with rhabdo. So my creatinine levels were sky high, bun, uh, EGFR, all of those numbers. I I don't have those labs pulled up right in front of me. It was almost coming up on a year ago now, but that's what kind of started all of it. Um, So I was then off work for, God, five or six weeks. I think it was five, five weeks. Um, They kept me in the hospital. for like two or three days and then um I was off work just resting absolutely miserable um and then after like once I kind of started feeling like I was on the mend and going back to work I had a shoulder surgery because I had had a a shoulder injury go on for damn near a year I prepped on it and tore my rotator cuff my labrum my bicep tendon I had to get all that fixed so I did and then Um, shortly after that, like once I was able to kind of start training again, then I I got to noticing like just random chest pains I would have and heart palpitations and like to the point in the gym where even if it was my first set of like just getting there to train, I would have to sit down for, I mean, 
five, 10 minutes just because my heart was, was beating so fast and so hard over nothing. But then that's when I started noticing that my heart rate was constantly beating. I mean, faster than normal, but just minimal activity, my heart was racing and then I would feel palpitations. And if it was like one here and there, I was okay. But then it started happening consistently. And sorry, um, long story short, I got checked out. Um, they couldn't really see anything. They said that my, my first set of chest x-rays were very, very blurry. They said something about my lungs were overly vascular. You couldn't see much and they, they sent me home. So it's cool. They kept me for like seven hours and then sent me home. I made it two and a half days at work and then collapsed in my parents' driveway after work. I went to get out of my truck and my legs didn't catch me. Um, chest pain. I, I couldn't sweat. Like I, I couldn't breathe. And I ended up admitted at the same hospital that sent me home two and a half days prior. Um, and my first set of chest x-rays showed that the, the same stuff in my lungs that they then kind of deemed to be uh, pulmonary edema. And it looked like it could have been bilateral pneumonia. It wasn't that. It was just I was full of edema. And in those two and a half days, I had shot up 21 pounds in fluid. And edema had been happening, but nothing to the extent of that. So that brings us up to late August so of, of this year. So I'm still kind of going through this. So I stayed in the hospital five or six days. And then from there, they sent me to my primary care provider, who then was sending me to a cardiologist, pulmonologist, and nephrologist. Because through all of this, <clears throat> my creatinine levels on top of, they had me on a cardiac unit. But my creatinine levels in every single lab they did, I mean, my, my veins wouldn't give blood by the end of this. My creatinine level swings were like anywhere between like 0.5 points up to four and five points within hours. So, and that's what my RN said. She was like, well, these look like, like two different people's labs from lab to lab. So um, I kind of brought up something to cardiologist, or he says he was a cardiologist. He was, he was the, the doctor I dealt with in the hospital um, about autoimmune issues because autoimmune runs in my family. And whenever you take steroids for a prolonged amount of time, like your immune system's lower, my immune system was already low. I'm like, it's something to explore. You know, I just want answers. And he's, um, it couldn't be that. Well, he ran a C reactive protein and like one other test. The two tests he said would not come back were literally quadruple the numbers they were supposed to be. But he still would not say what it was. He's like, remember no, what the I, CRP I just don't was by chance? Um, the CRP, I'm trying to remember which one is supposed to be between um, one and 20 or something like that. Is that the CRP? Yeah. Because I remember seeing, yeah, my first one came back at 65. Wow. But 
What what was so, your what, what was the do you remember the uh, the BUN and creatinine numbers like or where you are today with that? Um so I just had lab work. I'm trying to remember. Whenever I went in, like my first set of labs, labs they were literally doing labs on me like I mean it felt like every few hours. Um when I first went in, my creatinine was like I think 2.3, which for that's not bad in my book. I mean it's high, but for me I was like heck yeah, it's down. And then it got all the way up as high as eight. So it was literally just doing this. And my BUN, I can't remember. I've got all of the labs in my yeah, probably, um, probably over my app, but eighty, probably eighty or hundred. Did so you, it seemed, boy, Jordan, my heart goes out to you. I mean, it seems like you had, you know, the, the you had acute renal, you know, acute. It's called acute renal failure, right? Rhabdomyolysis and acute renal failure go hand in hand, right? Rhabdo, yeah. you know, the, the muscle will, because of dehydration and the, we'll get, you know, we could talk about those drugs, but we'll, why don't we, we'll wrap it up in the end though, but my heart goes out to you. It's just a very painful story. It's just, uh, it, <laughs> I mean, I never experienced anything like this. I mean, I've had injuries, everybody gets injured, but I mean, it just, it hit me like a train. Like I went from the most insane shape of my life and I mean I didn't feel great but to now I mean going upstairs <laughs> I'm like well I don't I don't know what this body is up to I literally live in a body now that I don't know what it's doing day to day so so if you don't let me if you don't mind um Dr. Dave we can go you know start yeah, to go take the lead. yeah if you don't mind me ask some questions Jody so I mean no first bit. off yeah I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I've worked with bodybuilders in the beginning of this career of mine 15 years ago, and most of them kind of went away because they know that I don't give a blessing on it. And my average guy is just a regular guy who just likes to do some steroids and bench press in the basement, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and power lifters, you know, power lifters, I'm not going to say that power lifters and strong men are any... You know, they're not angels and they're not, they use steroids too, but they don't dehydrate like this. You know, they don't, yeah. they would never do that because they want to, they don't care, you know, how their ass is looking. They, they, they just yeah. want to, they just want to bench big weight, squat a lot and deadlift a lot. So it's, it's, yeah. believe it or not, it's, it's actually healthier. I mean, because. Yeah, no, 100% it is. You know, so. But, but that, and I've been very aggressive towards, you know, competitive bodybuilders because of the narcissism. It's, it, it, and this extreme, extreme deadly stuff that these coaches are going to have to start getting liability. Arnold's talking about liability. The feds are involved. And just trust me, they are. So, and, and I don't want that per se. I, I just, because I'm staying out yeah. of the politics, but it's, I mean, Let's talk about the drugs, spernalactone, aldactone, potassium sparing diuretic, uh, diazide, combination of two medications, okay? Triampterine and hydrochlorothiazide, that's a thiazide diuretic. That's, that's two very powerful, uh, three powerful diuretics. The doses are so high we don't even give this to, these are for people that have hypertension, the thiazide, and congestive heart failure, 
but there's stable congestive heart failure in either elderly, elderly women, men, and we use yeah. baby, baby, baby doses to maintain their fluid status. So they don't get yeah, when I was, yep. And, and, and when, when you I were was in the in hospital, death, they diuresed me. Correct. With so it's lower, lower doses than I ever took. Yeah. yeah so, so it's it's ironic that the drugs that end up destroying the heart and kidney are are medicines we have to use carefully in the in the post period. But I'm an internal medicine doctor. I used to work in hospitals for people that have congestive heart failure. So you presented on the second presentation. Uh, after the rhabdo, weeks later, with the chest pain and shortness of breath, you presented into the cardiac clinic with classic congestive heart failure. That was the bilateral pulmonary edema. That's what we see. And, you know, I listened to your story. <clears throat> my wife actually is my nurse, and she worked for 11 years in the cardiac unit. So we're living, eating, sleeping, and shitting cardiovascular medicine, and I'm an internal medicine doctor. The, these guys are, are, are giving you drugs that, and, and the no drinking and all this, I mean, this is just the yeah. most unbelievable. So my heart goes out to you. And again, I'm, I'm criticizing the gurus and threatening them. There's a threat right to them because I just can't believe it either. You know, in this world, they're not doctors, so they can't get sued. If it was me doing it, I would be, I would be sued, blued, and tattooed. Yeah. So, and, and, but they're not doctors. And they, they, they skirt that and they, they're wise guys and they act like they're little doctors and they put down doctors. They, 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 they put down doctors because they don't, how the fuck can a doctor know what doctor is going to do this with any, with any intelligence of understanding? Oh, this stuff works. So they make these bodies up there. They make those bodies. And it, it's just, so you, you, let me ask you a question right now. Like today, where you are right now. How old are you, first off, if you don't mind asking? How old? I'm 30. Thir so super young, 30-year-old woman. Um, what, do, do, do you have a diagnosis of, of legitimate heart failure, myocarditis? No. Your heart's Nothing. good. Your heart's okay. <clears throat> um, I wouldn't go that far. Um, so they the cardiologist, when I left the hospital, then I asked to see a different cardiologist because the doctor in the hospital, I'm very transparent about um, testosterone use and, and things that I've used. And you have to be because I was taught if you take it, tell your doctor because they you need to be treated differently than if you don't. So I just told him. And um, from that moment on, he insisted on giving me talk screens. Um, he thought I was just a drug addict. And obviously my talk screens came back negative for nothing. Um, and he told me that my entire issue was the testosterone. He couldn't even pronounce anything. He had it's, to Google it. So I sad. asked for a different cardiologist. Yeah. It's sad. Um, yeah. And I met the new cardiologist and he put me on a, he wanted me to be on a heart monitor for like two weeks. And I did that and I sent it back and then he wanted my, um, blood pressure medicine and my beta blocker switched around he wanted to try me on other stuff because what the heart monitor picked up is what they picked up in the hospital was that i do have the palpitations and um mitral valve regurgitation stuff going on um and what he 
because they saw it on an EKG and he said his big thing he wanted to check out was to see if there was a specific time it was happening, which would then indicate blockage or if it was, uh, he called it an electrical issue. And it's just. What's your ejection fraction? Do you know what your ejection fraction is? I remember Dr. Dave asking me that and I looked it up and it was 35. Yeah, that's, that's low. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's today. So your ejection fraction, so you have heart failure right now. That's you're, you're living with a low ejection fraction, 35. I mean, it's, yeah. So my last, I'm trying to think my last cardiology appointment was and you're, and, 34 and weeks. And you're on beta blockers and different medicines for the heart failure, you know, for the heart condition. And yeah. hopefully it gets better. Let me ask. So do you also, at the same time, you also have kidney disease. Is that true? Okay. So you're, you're, you have, do they call it, do they say it's focal, segmental, glomerulus? Have you had a kidney biopsy? FSGS. That's what the nephrologist thinks that it is. So um, we're going through that. And then we actually just started some more autoimmune testing stuff too. Because FSGS is what I brought up to the internal medicine doctor in the hospital. That's what he said it absolutely could not be. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you got to understand, I mean, I'm only guessing in this stuff and yeah. I'm just throwing down the dice because right. steroids on top of genetics. So it's like, why does, how come, why isn't it that every steroid user ends up with heart failure and, and kidney disease? And the answer is very clear. There's combinations, permutations and combinations of genetics, autoimmune genetics again genetics are everything and then the threshold yeah. there's a threshold you had a, a lower threat first of all the drugs i can't believe they can people tolerate those but they do most of the girls yeah. the, most of the guys and girls we know they tolerate 25 twice a day of of ald- spironolactone aldactone and then you throw in the diazide the 100 uh, up to 24 hours before 200 milligrams a day and then no water, yeah. no, hey guys, no water. And then they do, they do crazy other stuff. Again, I'm a power yeah. lifter, so I, I hear it. I don't really see this stuff anymore. I see it, but these guys stay away from me because they know I'm, I'm just so, I mean, patients come to me and I've seen it a million times, unfortunately, yeah. but most people walk away from it in the beginning because there's so much reserve. They're so young and healthy, but yeah. obviously you, you cross the line and you have a threshold. So with the grace of God, you know, it's, you know, it's amazing. You're so young. It's amazing that the body can, can, can come back and heal the kidney, the kidney, again, I'm going to be careful. The kidney, if you're creatinine, if you have FSGS and you have a creatinine, if you're, you're a, you know, you're a small woman, if you're creatinine, you know, versus a man that has a lot of muscle tissue, it's a yeah. different, the creatinines are different. I mean, it's a different number. So, and it's an estimated GFR, right? It's an estimation. And these guys have to do, they have, there's a way to determine your, your true or more accurate glomerular filtration rate by doing a 20, you've, you've done 24 hour urine analysis. I know they've done all that and they've done biopsies. Yeah. So if your creatinine is sitting there, one one point five or two point something. That's that's for you. That's going to be chronic kidney disease. 
But the kidneys will stabilize. And my guess is you're yeah. there. You're, you're making urine. Your potassium levels are normal. This is the deadly yeah. stuff. I mean, that's the, the video I did that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm trying to be quiet for now, but it's well known that the guy died from inside information with the same stuff you did. And he, yeah. the potassium goes up high and it, it leads to cardiac arrest. But I was don't told know. I shouldn't have made it to the stage. Well, but, but, so, but so many people yeah. do. Don't, I mean, yeah. I mean, so why did it happen to you? With the grace of God, there's no one's going to answer that. You hit your over under. Now you're young, thank God, and you're stopped. The heart could could possibly come back. I'm just telling you. I want to tell you some good news. Yeah. The heart. I've seen the ejection fractions of low, low normal, 35, 40, around here. You know, over just a period of just because the heart, the heart's stunned, and it could come back. You know, but you yeah. got to work with great. Let me tell you a name. Dr. Andrew Bomback is is my go-to guy. I want everyone to hear that. He's he's a, a board-certified nephrologist. I call him the anabolic nephrologist. He's a cool dude. He's not going to yeah. be a, a hateful, you know, hater. He's not going to be a a disrespectful doctor. He knows I've sent him steroid users for over 10 years. He's Columbia University, so he's he's not a schlep, right? He's a smart guy, Columbia yeah. in New York City. Yeah. He's, he knows the, the protocols. He knows FSGS. There's other doctors in the country, but you, they have to understand the steroid and the drugs that have been used because it leads to FSGS yeah. ex almost exclusively. So, I've, I've used quite a few of them. Yeah, so that's, so, why, yeah. that's it. Jody, can I ask? I'm transparent, yeah. Your resting heart rate at one point was in the 130s. Where is it sitting it around today? Yeah. Um, today, the lowest I've gotten it was one. I actually was when I was at the my last pulmonary appointment, and it was I think one sixteen. So Even right now, so it's improved. Your medicine right yeah. now, your your heart rate's over one hundred beats per minute on medicine mm -hmm. every day. Yeah, they got to work on that. They're gonna, you got to work on. Yeah, you got to go back to your doctor and work on that with. It's a tough deal. I just um, don't, I got to be careful because I don't know really what's, yeah. it's kind of patchy. No, I know. You know, I know. I mean, I just see it as an improvement. And one thing I will say, like, so when I say I'm going back to the gym, obviously I'm not doing anything near what I was doing, but just simply walking on a treadmill, um, doing anything. Now I have to take a lot of breaks because my heart rate gets up there really, really fast. But I've noticed um, over the course of the last week and a half, just me taking my time and walking where I need to walk. Like I can feel where normally I just feel my heart rate way up here. I can feel it drop where before I could never feel a drop. So I'm trying. I mean, <laughs> I, I just feel like I'm sitting around like waiting on pardon my language, but waiting on fucking answers and I can't really get anything. And like, I, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to keep going to work and, and until I have an issue and then I'm off for a little bit and then I come back to work and I'm just like, where, I just want to get Where are you located? Where, I just want to make, in, you know, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. So let me just, I want to, you know, cause obviously you're not a patient, but you know, when I've worked with people, you know, like you, I'm an internal medicine doctor. So I'm kind of like a jack of all, you know, I'm a, I'm an ex GP. And I, but I know what's going on. You have to go to a center of excellence. 
I'm not putting your doctor down. Your doc, you, you need specialized yeah. care. You should go to University of Kentucky. You should go to the okay. Academic Medical Center. They're going to love to take you because they have residents like when I was teaching in in the med school, you know, in the residency okay. training program. So you want to go, you want to go there to the chief. If you have insurance or not, it's not going to really matter. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, so it doesn't really matter. If you go to an academic medical center, University of Kentucky, you know, one of the top, whichever, Louisville, or there's a, that's a great place. Yeah. I, Kentucky, I mean, I, Kentucky would be better. Yeah, yeah but yeah, University so, of Kentucky would be better. Yeah, wh- wh- whatever one you think is great. And then you go, you, yeah. just, you just look at the Department of, of Cardiology and you, you, you just hammer, hammer in there and talk to the chief you know, the chief cardiologist, the chief is always a chief. There's always leaders in there. And you want to go to, to see them because your doctor, again, I'm not putting your doctor down. I'm very respect. Doctors are busy, guys. They're fucking yeah. busy. You're busy. David's busy because he's a doctor. Come on. Everyone's busy. It's yeah. super specialized. You're very young. They may look at you and you're beyond the, the, the discrimination and not knowing the steroids. They look at your vital signs and they may not fully understand the whole picture of this is cardio. Yeah. It looks like cardio renal syndrome, which I've talked to, I've done articles for 15 years on the heart and the kidney are together. They're little babies. They're very fragile. And then the heart rate, the fluid, the, 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 the fluid, the electrolytes, you see, this is all cardio renal. It's the heart and the kidney. So that's why you, you need to get two specialists and you've, you, you're going to, they're going to want you to have a general doctor in between and it's, I yeah. know it's difficult because there's no accessibility. It's hard to, so you're learning it yourself. But the heart and the kidney, you need the best nephrology doctor at the university. And you, mm-hmm. could, you could talk to Dr. Bombach. You could reach out to him because he's, he, I send him every month one new patient that has kidney Yeah, disease. I'll reach out to him. Yeah, that, you know, be, 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 you know so he, he, knows, he, he knows the protocols. He, he's aware of how the disease happens from the pathophysiologic standpoint but yeah. you know he's just he's still going to look at it and you know you're hopefully you're not going to be on dialysis or get a kidney transplant in the near future that's what i want to avoid i have a a, a friend of mine who's been on dialysis for about a year now fsgs um is yep and so i've been talking to them and just kind of going through it and um they just keep telling me like listen <laughs> stay off of this as long as you can like they they finally are doing in-home dialysis which is a lot better but yeah no i i parents and i know i'm working a a gentleman right now that's the video i did about the 40 year old guy who's he and he he's he's on dialysis finally his he's not he's making some urine you know but he's not stable and he's getting a transplant and but he's they have to go through hemodialysis right now He's freaked yeah. out. He's only 40 something. And again, he was living his whole life feeling like a million bucks and he's, yep. he's, his kidneys are going to be uh, toasted. He's kidneys, it's over. So you, you yeah. need, but you're, you're going to be, uh, you need some medicines to protect, you know, ACE inhibitors, ARBs, you know, I yeah. assume no, you're on no diuretics right now. I assume, right? None. No. Yeah. So, so the hospital, the hospital scenario, acute hospital scenario versus the outpatient is so different. You need a doctor that understands both of these venues and understands the FSGS, understands the pathophysiology like I do, and to understand 
the healing, which is time, but you need special medicines. Like, are you on an ACE inhibitor or an ARB right now? Do you know what that is? Um, so what I'm on right now is going to be my blood pressure medicine, my... Um, which is what? Which is name? Lysinopril. Oh, yeah, that's an ACE inhibitor. Yep, yep. Yeah. 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 Um, so, that's what I was going to ask then, about, Jody. So they're also, they're also uh, keeping me on prednisone, too. Yeah, they're trying to slow the whole thing down. But that, that's a tough deal, but I won't touch into the prednisone. Do you, you, do you have yeah. protein in the urine? Do you have protein in the urine? Um, the last time they did um, a urinalysis on me, they said that there were um, proteins in my urine. Yeah, so you, you have FSGS, yeah. So you, you got to go to an expert like Bombac. You know, again, your doctors, I'm being very careful. These are doctors. Oh, yeah, no, I understand. That's why I'm not name dropping them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But but this is a tough world. This is very yeah. specialized. That's why I'm the anabolic doc and I have yeah. a, I'm a busy I love what I do and I'm always humble for it. But I, but I'm aggressive to these assholes, to to the, the the these evil villains that are doing this to people. And I'm I'm just I've always been aggressive. And for the haters, haters are going to hate. But look at this shit. Look at this yeah. shit. I mean, I'm just and I, again, you know, don't worry guys, I'm armed. I mean, like I'm going to give you for all the all the clowns and all the drama you want to hear. This is bullshit. But I'm done. I'm done. I'm a healer and that is what it is, but you're suffering and you may not come back and you may be, have chronic kidney disease probably the rest of your life and need a transplant sooner or later. Your doctors have to slow down the train, slow the train down yeah. and your heart is the same thing and getting a heart transplant. Woo, I've seen I've seen it all. I mean, for heart failure, yeah. the heart's going to be different. I think the kidneys are going to be chronic. That's going to be, you need to slow the train down. But the heart, with the grace of God, uh, hopefully may bounce back because I've seen it. I've seen yeah. I've seen patients just like you, but more men. I've really never, I've never, I, I've done some consults for women. You know, I, I really didn't feel comfortable taking care of women because I give testosterone to everyone who needs it. And I know women, yeah. you know, could use it. Not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, spring chicken yeah. you know and i i know i'm not a prima donna i know what's going on and i would never discriminate yep. on anyone and especially you but this is our world right so i did it to myself yeah. i'm on testosterone 30 years because i shut myself down in my 20s and i still yep. i love to be i i love it i mean i i love yeah. it there's no i mean but you gotta understand the physiology guys this is not for you jody you're Hopefully, your doctors, you need the best experts in the world, yeah. really, to understand the, the heart and the kidney. And I, I think you, they could really slow it down. So, oh, boy, Jody. The only but, thing I would ask, Jody, or, and, you know, you can always get back to me on this later, but I, I'm surprised that the resting heart rate is so high, given you're on an ACE inhibitor, given you're on beta blocker. Um, and I don't know what you were like, maybe the 35% is improved. Maybe you were 25% before, you know, I only know this one value, yeah. but, um, that is shockingly high for a resting heart rate. And, you know, for people who don't know, um, uh, both of those drugs, beta blockers more so, but both of those drugs can contribute to remodeling, like, you know, in a positive direction for the heart. And that's what, you know, Dr. O'Connor is talking about how, the heart is, you know, it's not as resilient as like the liver, but sometimes you, you will see somebody with like a 35% ejection fraction, get back up to, you know, 40, 45, even back to a normal ejection fraction. So um, obviously your cardiologist is going to play around with that. You need a heart fit. You need a heart fit. You're right. So let, let me talk about you. You need ACE inhibitors. You, you're going to need some beta blockers and there's remodeling and 
the ejection fractions and the endothelial issues. I'm an internal medicine doctor, obviously. I mean, your heart rate, you know, you, you need a heart failure specialist. They're, they're just cardiology doctors. Yeah. This is more important, I think, than anything else for you, instead of discussing the discrete physiology. But I know, Doc, I know that it's important. People love it. Guys love it, but it just goes, it's going to go over people's, uh, maybe it's not going to go over their heads, but they, they, they try to be little doctors and it's just pissing me off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you, 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 you need a heart failure, not just a cardiologist because your heart rate can't be like this. The, the doc is right here. You, you, heart rate needs to be down into the seventies, sixties, seventies. Yeah. Before all of this, my resting heart rate stayed in the low sixties. But that's before. normal. But I that's never, normal. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you yeah. see the heart, but your the beta blockers should be working. They should be, but you can't be hypotensive. If your blood pressure, if you're on all these medicines, forget all the beta blockers and calcium channel blockers and ACE yeah. and ARB. And we can go on to we're blue in the face. I'm an internist. Okay. But this is not, you need a heart failure specialist. Yeah. At, at this point to, and, but you know, we're not going to, I mean, you, your heart rate should be modified and should be modulated to a point. But if your blood pressure is 90 over 60 and you're getting out of your truck and you're like dizzy and you stand up and you're dizzy, that's a problem. So that's why Dr. Dave, that's why she needs a heart failure specialist, not a cardi, not just a run of the mill cardiology doctor. That's why university of Kentucky, Louisville, or whatever you're going to go, you need the, the top, a cardiology doctor who's a heart failure doctor. Yeah. You, un, you have to understand there there's subdivisions. There's seven types of cardiology doctors in the world now. Oh, wow. I didn't Electro, know Oh, yeah. There's, you know, the general cardiology doctor it may not be able to do it. You probably have general yeah. cardiology. And again, I'm not putting – they don't know. What, they're obviously – they don't know that your heart rate is up so high. They just don't – they probably don't know it. You got to take care of yourself. You got to go to that to the yeah. heartfelt. I'm just trying to hammer it over and over. You got to go to a, yeah. a cardiology doctor, cardiology, and call them. Who is a specialist with not just cardiology, heart failure, one, and then okay. nephrology doctor. Just any academic nephrology doctor is going to be able, and you're going to put those two. You're going to put those two together, and. Okay. They're, they're going to change your regimen. They're, they're going to tweak you. And you said doc, it was Dr. Bombach. Is that right? Dr. Yeah. Andy, Andrew Bombach in Columbia University, Andrew Bombach, okay. doctor, you know, Columbia, he's somewhere in New York city. I don't know, Brooklyn, you know, he's Bronx. <laughs> he's a great dude. Yeah. He's a great guy. He, he may do consultations, you know, telemedicine, you know, I can't, yeah. I, he's booked out. Yeah. He's a great guy, though. He's just a nice person. He's not going to, yeah. he, you're not going to shock him. You know, like the other doctors yeah. are like, whoa. Yeah. And that, that's not good when the doc, whoa. You know, they're going to, when they're looking like a deer yeah, in the Yeah, it's not good when a doctor has to Google the side effects of testosterone and he can't say in and say, and doesn't know what no, the side effects are. You, you, can't, yeah, you can't have a deer in the headlight, you know, no. but you're going to get a deer in the headlight. But if you go to some of the, you know, academic yeah. medical centers, they at least will know what to do, the top medical regimen for your, yeah. again, like your heart rate, your blood pressure, 
the, uh, the remodeling. They want to they want to foster the remodeling. It is true. Yeah. Dave, Dave's right. He is right. But Dave, it's complicated, buddy. I don't even do it because I'm not a cardiologist. And I'm telling you, it's so complicated. And there's new medicines. Jody, don't hate on the medicines. You go to the, there's new, you need some of these brand new modern medicines. I'm not going to mention. I will never hate on a medication. I'll, I'll try anything they'll give me. And that's basically you, where I'm at with it. Modern medicine, if, if done properly, Jody, modern medicine is absolutely, there's a reason why it's called modern medicine. But if you, there's some modern medicines for the heart with your ejection fraction and the way you have, and depending on if you have autoimmune conditions and whatever, there's so many other yeah. things. Going, they have to do a detailed history. This is what the stuff I, yeah. I bring it together. And then I work with the doc and I kind of tell the doc, I keep reminding the doc, hey doc. And yeah. then we maybe shift over. I'm like a traffic cop, you know, I like direct yeah. traffic. <laughs> So, I mean, because yeah. I'm, I'm being very careful not to say physiologic stuff. I'm the top doc in the world for steroid, obviously, stuff. And you see me keeping my mouth shut, except for my political threats. I, yep. I, I say that because Dave needs some views on this. <laughs> right. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jody. No, There's no good. joke, though. My heart goes out to you, Jody. I'm sorry. I appreciate you. Know, I'm going to um, look up. Dr. Bomback and just, I mean, even if it's telemedicine, I don't mind to wait. I'm also going to look into the University of Kentucky um, just because the experience I had in this last hospital was with the University of Louisville doctors. So I'm just going <laughs> to steer clear. I only use the University of Louisville for my sports medicine injuries. That's where they're good. So I'll go to you. Gotta select. You, you got You know, it's all about the team, right? And you, you got, yep. when you find the best team in the world, you know, it's not the first person you interview. No. Oh God, no! no. So you're gonna do it. You're no, gonna do it. And heart it's failure. It's a process. Heart failure, Jody. Heart cardiology department. Cardiology heart failure expert. Heart failure. Yes, got it. I appreciate you all taking the time today. Like it's been like a little while in the making, um, but I am super grateful for you having me on. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story again, Jody. I know this is emotionally, uh, you know, a lot for you. And uh, thank you, Dr. O'Connor for coming on and hearing the story, giving your input. Um, and I know, Doc, you have your YouTube channel, you got your Instagram, you got your app. I'll put context, all that. Jody, if you want, I can, I know you still have a lot of your stuff on your Instagram and I can put that up as well. Um, yeah, I don't know you, you can post anything. that. That's fine. Awesome. Any closing remarks or? Um, only closing remarks for me are to any bodybuilders watching this with the same attitude that I had that, oh, none of this shit's going to happen. You're not invincible, especially with how much shit I see people doing. And I'm one to talk. I did it too. But um, treat your bodies with, with some respect. You only get one of them. And when it doesn't work the way you want it to, or potentially might not ever work the way you want it to. Again, it's a, it's a, a come to Jesus that you, you really don't want to have. Yeah. So just take my advice, treat your bodies with respect, love yourself. Yeah. Right. So that's it for me. All right. Well, thank you again, guys. Thanks guys. Thank you so much. Doc. Thank you. Thank you.